previously on the Skip and Josh podcast. Right, well, because it's similar to, you know, player salaries. They go up every year. So player suspensions, they go up every year. The Skip and Josh podcast is on now. Hello? Skippy. Hey, Cub. What's How's up? How's it going? I'm back from Barcelona. Back from Barcelona. You made it back in one piece. I did, yeah. It was quite a, quite a trip. So I understand that there are some attractive women in Barcelona. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to get into trouble, but we did like a bunch of events and we hired these uh, temps. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. I'll okay. just leave it at, I'll just leave it at that. I swear did- I was in a, it was I, I, we had all these temps come. There's 10 of them. Mm-hmm. It was three days in a row, and we had the same ten girls, and they came in their same outfit. I was in like a loop of I was in like a loop of a Robert Palmer music video. It was like <laughs> simply irresistible or addicted to love. It was like it, I, that's that's what I was in it. You know, that's what it was. Yeah, I didn't go anywhere, so I'm not back from anything. But uh, but I'm still here, so I just wanted you to know that. Okay, were you okay without me last time I was gone? You said it was you were a ship without a rudder. No, I was okay this time. But the funny thing is. This time, you know, last time you were gone, we at least was longer. I was gone longer last time. No, no, but we at least texted a bit. This time, it was almost like there was no communication whatsoever for days in a row. Oh, because you know, I have so much work on these trips. Like the work is endless, and um, it's endless because I have the work that I'm doing when I'm there, and then I and then at North in North America where the offices are, it's like it goes. It only that only starts like at two o'clock in the afternoon, right? Because of the time difference. So then I'm on getting emails from people in New York or in the East Coast till like all night. So the days are exhausting and I didn't have time for anything. So it kind of sucks. Okay. Speaking of exhausting, I need to warn the listeners. I didn't have my pre-show nap today. So I'm very cranky and I don't know how this episode's going to go at all. Oh boy. (laughs) I'm Um, sure you'll be fine. So Skip, with the NFL season uh, slated to start next week, we figured it'd be a good time to do our NFL preview. Are you ready for and who better to have on for the NFL preview? None other than our NFL slash March Madness expert, Neil Schnurback. Welcome to the show, Neil. Hi, guys. Great to be back here. Welcome, Neil. So, Neil, uh, let's get right into it because there's a lot of hot topics uh, in the NFL right now. Of course, every team has now completed their preseason schedule and no one really cares about those games. But uh, a lot happened in the last few weeks. And so let's just start with um, you know a team you know very well, the Patriots. Uh, first of all, can anyone beat them? And how much will Julian Edelman's injury affect the team? I think they're going to be hard to beat this year. Uh, I'm usually a, a skeptic, even though the Patriots do so well. You know, I, I try not to be a homer. But uh, that Brandon Cooks addition is huge. Uh, I think the team is really strong. Uh, David Harris was a great addition on defense. They have Rob, Rob Gronkowski back. I think they're going to be very tough to beat. The Edelman injury, uh, you know, I'm not going to lie, it's very big. Brady loves to throw to him on on third down. He's a tremendous possession receiver, but they have guys who could step up. Uh, you're, you got Chris Hogan and Malcolm Mitchell and uh, Dami Amendola will, will will all just have to step up. And I think the Patriots will be just fine. I still and the division is so weak that uh, they sh- they should be okay. It's funny because a few years ago, you know, you would say, "Oh, Julian Edelman, he was like a 
a bit player in their team, you know, three, four years ago. And he's developed into such an important player for them that you're like, wow, how, how are they going to how are they going to survive without him? But you just know that they will. Right. <laughs> like, yeah, it's, and it's, and it's a good point you make. Like, uh, I think it was four years ago, they signed Amendola as the Wes Welker replacement. And Edelman was really an afterthought. They signed him uh, to a one year contract to be a punt returner. Uh, but, but he ended, he ended up taking, you know, Amendola got hurt and was, you know, not as effective as they, as they thought he might be at the beginning of that season. And Edelman just stepped up and became such a key cog in the Patriots machine. But nonetheless, uh, the offense is, is so good. I think they'll be just fine. It's funny because when we spoke about the Patriots over the summer, I asked you, like, people are saying they're going to go undefeated. Like, is it possible? I mean, it's so like undefeated is like it's so improbable and it, you need to have so many things going your way but like they are a strong team you know like they're gonna play the two games against the dolphins the two games against against the bills and two games against the jets you know that's six right. wins just without trying just for showing up <laughs> right that's like for, when you show up for, for sure. a test and you get points for writing your name you know that's that's <laughs> what that's them right so after that i guess we'll see right yeah mm-hmm. but i don't see I don't see undefeated. I, I, I think um, there's some tough, tough games. I think they have the Steelers on the road. You know, they open up with the Chiefs, which is a tough game. So I, I, I think, again, it'll be like a 2-3 loss season, but they're certainly the Super Bowl favorites. Here's what I'll say about the Patriots. They had injury after injury, it seemed, last year. And it got to the point where, well, a lot of people thought, okay, this is the week they're going to lose. This is the week they're going to lose. And they never lost. Not only did they not lose, they covered the spread, I think, every single week last year. No matter how big the spread was, no matter who they were playing, it was just, you know, I just, when I was when I was making picks against the spread, I didn't even look at their opponent or what the number was. I just picked the Patriots and moved on to the next game. Josh has a theory that Belichick looks at the spread. And then during the pregame speech or the halftime speech, he's like, guys, we're favored by 10 and a half. We need to make sure we win by more than 10 and a half. Like, <laughs> nothing, nothing would shock me in all honesty. I don't yeah. think he looks at the spread, but nothing would surprise me. Right. He would, he would play. We get no respect if they're only favored by like 27 against the Jaguars. Exactly. Right. Like I don't, exactly, exactly. So um, moving on to uh, the team that the Patriots defeated in the Super Bowl last year, the Atlanta Falcons. Um, it was a devastating way to lose the game. They had a huge lead. Uh, their owner and I think everyone in the building thought the game was over in the third quarter. So now how do the Falcons avoid a letdown this season after after what happened? It's going to be really hard, to be quite honest. If you look at teams that have suffered defeats like this, they haven't really jumped back to the same level as, as they were the year past. Um, just looking at uh, the the Seahawks when they lost to the Patriots. I mean, they were still obviously a good team, but I don't think they returned to the playoffs the, the, the next year. If they did, they, they lost in the first round. So they didn't hit those those heights again. And, uh, you know, the, the, the Panthers obviously struggled last year after their Super Bowl loss. So, but at the same time, I think the Falcons have such a great young defense uh, with Vic Beasley and others. And I think uh, Quinn's a great coach. Um, Matt Ryan's coming into his own. Julio Jones is a veteran. You know, last season was magical. I don't think they'll repeat. They'll, they'll, they'll hit the heights of last year. But I do think that uh, they're certainly a playoff contender. And I think they'll they'll get into the playoffs again this year. But I just uh, I don't think they'll, they'll make it all the way like they did last year. But it'll be tough to overcome that loss. I have two things to say about the Falcons. So, yes, it's true. Some teams don't rebound. But other teams do. You know, like take, take um, the San Antonio Spurs. They lost on a heartbreaking – they lost the championship on a ridiculously fluky shot by Ray Allen from the corner, right? 
And they yep. basically came back the next year and said, we're going all the way. Nothing's going to stop us. And they did. And they killed the Heat again in the, the final. And like, no, I'm not saying the Falcons are going to do that, but I'm saying they could use that as kind of fuel fuel to the fire. Now, that being said, I'm not a Falcons fan. And, and last year, all I did on our on this show was say that I didn't believe in them all the way up until the end. Um, I think their division's incredibly tough. I think yep. any of those four teams could win the division. Carolina could easily win the division. They could e- Atlanta could easily win the division. You know, you, anybody, anything goes there. So I think that they, and the other thing is that the NFL, you know, as well as I do, is like uh, what you do one year doesn't mean anything because teams are ready for it now. So the defensive coordinators of the Bucks, the Saints, the Panthers, and everybody else on their schedule have been looking at the, the looking at Falcons um film all all year and, and just like uh all all off season figuring out how they're going to stop it you know yeah no i 100% agree with that and you, uh, you the example you gave is a good one with the spurs but you have to remember that the spurs have a championship pedigree whereas the falcons it's really i know they made the nfc title game a couple years back but really this was their first super bowl run uh, in, in quite a long time. So I wonder how they're going to recover. Um, mm. Not as battle tested as, uh, as a team like the Spurs, but no, I, I, I agree with what you're saying. And I, I do think teams are going to game plan for them and they're, they're going to have to be ready for that. So Josh, how do you feel about the Falcons? I know you didn't like them last year. I think what I said to you um, last year, I don't know if it was before the Super Bowl or after the Super Bowl, but I definitely said this on one of our episodes that I remember. Um, yeah. That um, in the NFC South, it's a different team that wins that division every year. So, yes, the Falcons did win their division, but how meaningful is it? Because I, I don't think it's such a strong division, to be honest. I really don't. Also, didn't um, you say they weren't going to win more than? Oh yeah, I, I, I think I, I think I said that they weren't gonna they weren't gonna make the playoffs. I think I said is what is right. what I said to you after the Super Bowl. I think that's fifty fifty right now. Okay. Well, well, I mean, like everything is right. That's right. It either will happen or won't. Right. Um. <laughs> Staying in the NFC, but moving to the East, um, let's let's uh, switch gears and talk about the Cowboys a little bit. They had a very good season last year. Um, the question is, can they repeat their success, and and how big of a loss will it be uh, missing Ezekiel Elliott for six games if, in fact, his suspension is held up and and he does miss six games? Yeah, and I'll I'll put my lawyer hat on for a second. I I, I think he will actually miss the six games. I think the um... The, the Tom Brady ruling by the by the appeals court uh, really shows us that Goodell is the ultimate decision maker, and uh, the, the, there's no reason for him not to miss these games. And I think he's he's really going to to have to miss these games this year, to be quite honest. But in any event, it's a pretty big loss. They they do have uh, Darren McFadden if he could stay healthy for six games might be okay, and their offensive line is so strong that I think their running game will be okay. For me, the issue with the Cowboys, I'm not as sold. On Dak Prescott, I think, as, as many others were. I mean, he was certainly poised and, and impressive in his rookie year, but I just don't think he's that great a, a thrower of the ball, to be quite honest. And their defense is, is really just not all that great. I think the Giants are improved. The Eagles are improved. They have a tough first-place schedule. And uh, to me, I don't think the Cowboys are going to make the playoffs this year. Um, that's my, my hot take of the season, I guess. But you always get teams like that that, that have these sort of magical runs that win 12, 13 games and then fall back to the pack when they have to play a tougher schedule and when teams are on to them. And I, 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 don't love, uh, I don't love Dallas this year, even if Ezekiel Elliott plays all 16 games. I hate Dallas every year. 
but <laughs> but that's just like the fan in me and looking at them as objectively as I can. I mean, I'm with you. Like, I don't think Prescott's all that good, um, but he he does make good decisions. And, you know, one thing that I always point out, I've always pointed out to my son as he grew into like a football fan, you know, when he started to say, why isn't this guy so good? And how come this guy's like, this guy's a better runner, this guy's a better thrower? Like, why isn't he such a better quarterback? And I always told him, like, playing quarterback in the NFL is all about making decisions. And Dak Prescott made very few bad decisions last year. So I have to give him that. But like you said, I don't know. I'm just not sold in the Cowboys, especially without Elliott for six games. Although, you know, like you said, McFadden ran for a thousand yards the year before. And McFadden is like a corpse, right? Yeah, and don't they sure. also have and don't they also have Albert Morris? You know, so yeah, Alfred Morris, yeah. <laughs> like another honestly corpse. honestly yeah, another corpse. But like I think I think either of those guys, if if any of them played if either of them played sixteen games, could run for a thousand yards because their offensive line is so strong, right? So yeah, no question. So I mean, yeah, I don't know. I'm not sold on the Cowboys and and I'm now going the opposite way. Um what do you think about the Eagles? <laughs> uh, since I, I, since I'm an Eagles fan. I actually really like the Eagles. Um, the Eagles, I, I, I was sort of promising myself I wouldn't go all numbers nerd on you this uh, this time around, but the Eagles finished fourth uh, last year in DVLA, which is... Uh, oh, here we go. Here we go, Josh. Here we go. Now this is, <laughs> I'm here we so go. excited. I was hoping for this. <laughs> when do we get into the Ken Pomeroy standings? There you go. So that's actually a metric by, by Football Outsiders that uh, measures uh, value over average, essentially. And so they finished fourth last year, despite having uh, a mediocre record. Uh, and if you remember, the Eagles had some great wins last year, right? They demolished the Steelers. I'm sure you remember that game. And I, yeah. I, and Carson yeah. Wentz, to me, uh, looks like the real deal of quarterback. I mean, he's got to you talked about decision-making. He's got to grow into his decision-making a little bit, but that guy is a, is a great talent. Um, you know, running back maybe is a bit of a problem. Blunt didn't look great this preseason, but I think what Wendell Smallwood and, and Sproles will be uh, pretty good. I think the Eagles could, could surprise. They might, uh, I wouldn't shock, wouldn't be shocked if they, uh, if they win the division this year, to be quite honest. But their defense was very solid last year. And, and now they've added that guy Barnett, their first round draft pick. So I think the pass rush is really going to be, be, great i think their front seven is going to really dominate the ball and like you said offensively we'll see but i mean they they've upgraded all their skill positions blunt we'll see but you know alshon jeffrey tory smith right like they had no receivers last year all of a sudden they actually have they have actual legit nfl receivers now for sure and and alshon jeffrey is not only a legit nfl receiver i don't know if people realize just how good this guy is to me he's a top 10 15 receiver in the league um, and he gets an upgrade at quarterback, obviously, right now, and comes into yeah. the season healthy. I think he's going to have a huge season. They're like like everything in the NFL is about staying healthy, you know, and, and keeping your guys on the field. Like they were a different team when when Lane Johnson was suspended last year, and and it really affected the offensive line. So I think that you know their offensive line really has to stay healthy. So Wentz could stay on his feet, and I think they'll be fine. But like this, even if they're fine, the division's up for grabs. Like Cowboys, Giants, Eagles. I don't think the Redskins have a chance, but I think you know the Giants certainly you know also are the force to be reckoned with. You know. And the Redskins are really not a, a, a terrible team. I agree with you. I don't think they're going to win the division or make the playoffs, but they certainly can play a spoiler. I think they're at least a 7-8 win team. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm going to have to disagree there. I think the Redskins are awful. I mean, <laughs> the Redskins are completely awful. They have they have a decent quarterback. They 
I don't think they have any wide receivers. They got the uh, they got the guy from Cleveland who used to be a quarterback in college. He's really their only legit wide receiver. Terrell Pryor. Yes, thank you. Yeah. Jameson Crowder, I like. But they but they also there's there's so many there's so many other issues going on in that in that locker room in that front office. I, do they even have a general manager? Who's running the team there? The owner likes to meddle. That 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 whole organization's a disaster. Right. It can go two ways. Like the team could could rally around it and the coach hopefully if he's a good coach will say it's like us against the world type of mentality backs to the wall no respect like you know like Neil was saying you know before or or it just blows up and then everybody hates each other and then they go like three and 13 right let's let's move on to the NFC West um I just heard that the Seahawks acquired Sheldon Richardson in a deal so that uh that certainly changes the makeup of that division yeah, no question. I mean, I think the Seahawks were the class of the division anyway, but to add a player of that caliber to their defensive line, I think it changes the dynamics of the entire NFL, to be honest. Uh, I think the Seahawks are now uh, 1B to the Patriots 1A as Super Bowl favorites uh, with, with Richardson. If their def- that, that defense is just so strong, I don't see them letting up more than like 15 points a game, to be quite honest. It, it's just really a completely dominant unit. And then if uh, you know if their if their running backs can can play a little bit, if uh, if Eddie Lacy can stay off the food and Thomas Rawls gets it together, I think <laughs> he can honestly, stay off think, the food. If he yeah, can stay really. off the food, no food, no food, no food for Eddie. You know, fat fat Eddie's got to be like medium sized Eddie or something. But uh, I, yeah. I think these guys are. Uh, I think that's a, a team to really watch this year. Not that that's a, a surprise. The Seahawks have been great for years, but I think this Sheldon Richardson uh, move is is a real game changer. But do you don't you feel like their defense was always so dominant? I mean, yes, he's gonna he's great and he's gonna make their defense better. But their defense was already really good. It was it was their running game that just let them down. Like they were not the same team without Marshawn Lynch, right? They were there. It was a different team. Russell Wilson wasn't the same quarterback. The offense wasn't the same offense. Like there was it was just not this. It 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 didn't. Their offense didn't complement the defense like it did before. Right, and right. So but Rawls, I, Rawls was hurt a lot last year, so you have to remember that as well. So I think if if Rawls can stay healthy, and again, if Eddie Lacy, who they brought in, uh, can be, you know, sort of a seventy-five percent version of what Marshawn Lynch was, then yes, you're right. Their running game is is key. Uh, with regard to what you said with the defense, you're one hundred percent right. But I think where it makes a huge difference is is in playoff games. If they're playing teams like the, you know, if the Falcons can repeat their offensive exploits from last year. Yeah. You know, it'll make a difference against those guys, or if the Seahawks make the Super Bowl against a team like the Patriots or a team like the Steelers, then mm-hmm. you know, a guy like Richardson becomes a huge difference maker. Right. But but yes, you're right. Their defense was going to be amazing with or without Sheldon Richardson. Do you think Arizona can challenge for a playoff spot, or is are they done? Uh, yeah, I'm not so into Arizona this year. David Johnson's a heck of a talent, um, but you know, you get just your Carson Palmer and Larry Fitzgerald are, are each a year older. And, um, you know, defense is okay. You know, I still like the, the honey badger and, and Chandler's, uh, Chandler Jones is still great, but I don't know. It's, it, it seems to be something missing. Uh, you know, they were just so unimpressive last year with all those expectations. Yeah. I guess it wouldn't shock me if they, uh, you, you know, if they picked up their level again this year, but I, I sort of don't see it happening. Me too. I don't see it happening. I think, I mean, the division sucks, but you know, Aside I don't from think, Seattle, right? I, yeah, but I mean, I just don't see Arizona like. I just don't see Carson Palmer staying healthy, and I don't see like any production from the quarterback. You know, so 
Is Carlson Palmer in a wheelchair yet or what? That that guy's ancient already by now. Uh, not only is he ancient, you, you're right, Josh, he's he's ancient, but he's like, he's had so many like crazy injuries and he and right. every time you think he's he's like literally like dead, he comes back. He's like the walking dead. He, he won't go down, you know? I mean, so he is ancient, but if you look at, you know, Brady's older and Drew Brees, yeah. I think, is older than, than Palmer. But it's just the fact is he's he's brittle. He's just a broken down version of what he used to be. Brady's got that special vegan diet. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So I wasn't going to talk about this, but uh, can someone explain to me how Matthew Stafford is the highest paid player of all time, considering he hasn't really done that much in his career? Well, I ran a Twitter poll this week, Josh. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I, I had NFL and Detroit Lions fans. The Matthew Stafford contract is dot, dot, dot. Good deal for a good QB. 10%. Okay, salaries. It's okay. Salaries are all crazy anyways. 40%. GM should be fired. 50%. <laughs> See, I, so I would have gone the- with option two on that one, to be honest. I, I don't think the GM should be fired. It's so hard to find a quarterback, right? And Stafford, even though he's not young, He's still only 30 years old. He's still a quarterback that's that's not old for a quarterback. He's still growing into himself. You can win with this guy. What else were they going to do? He was really their only option. It's kind of, even though it's the highest paid, or the highest pay in a contract, I, I still think it's sort of market rate for what a quarterback's going for. If you look at like what Kirk Cousins is getting paid, who I don't think is better than Matthew Stafford, it sort of makes sense. Um, you know, he's not a transcendent talent or anything like that. But uh, at the same time, I think you can win with this guy. He's a pretty good quarterback. He keeps the Lions relevant. And I think that's really why he's the highest paid quarterback right now. Yeah, I agree with you. I think he's a decent quarterback. And that's that's what they're getting paid, right? You know? Yeah, 100%. And, you, you know, quarterback is just a, a different position than any, you know, any other position on the field. And uh, the reason that he's the highest paid is because it was his turn to get paid. But if it was... Ben Roethlisberger is an example whose contract was up, then Ben Roethlisberger would be the highest paid. It's everyone like that except for Brady who takes pay cuts every single time because his wife mm-hmm. makes $100 million a year. Right. right. <laughs> so I love it. We, we've, we've been very NFC heavy on this show so far, so I'm going to move over to the AFC. And in the West, um, I want to know if you think the Broncos can compete with Trevor Simeon as their starting QB. Oh, boy. I actually like Simeon better than most people do. I mean, he's not great. Don't get me wrong. I think he's a... Uh, below average, maybe 20th best QB in the NFL, but I don't think he's 32nd best. And uh, to me, if Jamal Charles can capture some of his former magic, maybe with with CJ Anderson, and that defense is so strong, I, I do think the Broncos will be competitive. Uh, I think they're going to come back. I think they're going to win that division again. I think the Raiders are going to falter a little bit this year. And I, I love the Broncos D. And I think Semyon is, is good enough. Right, he's got great receivers also with uh, with Sanders and, and Thomas, and I think he's good enough that uh, they'll be able to win some games and uh, you know compete. I don't think they can win a Super Bowl with Trevor Simeon. Maybe they'll they'll, they'll draft someone or, or Paxton Lynch will grow into himself, but uh, I think they'll be good enough. I think that we had the answer ready to this question last year. Their defense is great. Their quarterback is, like Neil said, worse than average, and that made them nine and seven. So that's that's where they'll be again. <laughs> they'll be nine and seven, or eight and eight, or maybe ten and six if they overachieve. But I don't think they're going to be better than that. Okay, fair I enough. I feel like they'll be a bit better than nine and seven. I I I think they were a bit unlucky last year, to be honest. They they lost some games that they should have won. I'm um, remembering yeah. one game against the Raiders that that the Raiders came back against them late. Uh, so I feel like they're more of a ten and six style team that'll sneak into a wild card position. 
But I agree with you. The Raiders are going to definitely take a step back because they won so many close games last year that I just don't think they can. That's going to work in their favor again, you know. So, and what yeah, about the Chiefs? That's... What are the Chiefs like? How do you feel about Alex Smith? The, the the best player in the whole preseason in the all of the NFL was Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, that's that's right. <laughs> I, you know what? But I think that's actually going to be problematic for the Chiefs. Funny enough, because yeah. I feel like Alex Smith is going to be looking over his shoulder now. And yeah. he's the clear starter this year. And I, I, I feel like that's not going to be great for him. I, I don't think he's going to be able to, to perform under this pressure. You remember, like, obviously when he was with the 49ers and he had Kaepernick coming up behind him. I know he's, he sort of played well that, then, but I, I, I have a feeling Alex Smith probably feels like the, you know, the NFL is out to get him. And he's done nothing but win games in the league. And why, is, uh, you know, why are these yeah. teams picking players to, to take a starting job? And I, I, I feel like the Chiefs might get a divided locker room and the team might suffer, to be honest. I, I'm not feeling the Chiefs uh, all that much this year. Right. Very cool. So, Neil, you may be aware that when I'm when I'm confused about things, I go to you for answers. Here's something that confuses me even more than the uh, Matthew Stafford signing. The Cleveland Browns, who are awful, they cut Joe Hayden. And to add insult to injury, a team in their own division, the Steelers, picked him up. Explain this to me. Well, I mean, I can, uh, you know, I can explain both things uh, independently, right? Uh, Hayden was uh, a fairly high-priced guy. The Browns are not going to be competitive this year. They're looking to go younger. Uh, I'm not really sure who their starting cornerback is going to be now, but they probably wanted to give someone else a look to see what they have for the future, and Joe Hayden is not going to be the future for that team. So they decided to, to get rid of him at this point. And then... And I guess they couldn't get anything in a trade. I think that's really the, the, the big mystery. And and then for the Steelers to pick him up, I mean, that was sort of a no-brainer. Sign him to a three-year contract. He's Hayden's lost a step, I would say, but he's still a legit number one corner. And the Steelers right now, uh, to me, they're they're looking at defeating the Patriots, you know, getting to the top of the perch in the AFC. And uh, they need good cornerback play. The Steelers always play zone defense against the Patriots, and Tom Brady always picks them apart. You can watch any Patriots-Steelers game. It's actually it's, it's borderline ridiculous. So now they have a cornerback who can play man-to-man defense, and potentially the Steelers can change their game plan against the Patriots. And I think this was a move that was made basically to try and beat the Patriots. So uh, it was a good move for the Steelers. Don't they have William Gay on the other side, who's also like a real up-and-comer, right? So it's like they have 1A, 1B now, sort of a corner. 100%, right? So that was, and that was the issue before. Gay could play one-on-one with, let's say, Chris Hogan on the outside, because he's not really an, an inside slot corner to cover Edelman. But they had no one, uh, you know, no one else, and they, were play, they would have to play zone the rest of the field. It just didn't make sense. But now yeah. if they have two guys, they can play some press man coverage. And uh, to me, if you, can, if you play press man coverage against the Patriots and can get pressure from your front four, We've seen it time and time again. That's the only way to beat the Patriots, right? But are the Steelers willing to do that in a playoff game? They're going to abandon their scheme and change it up? I don't know. We'll see, right? I think maybe, right? What they've been doing just hasn't worked. Uh, we're not talking about a small sample size, right? This is like since Brady came into the league in 2001. <laughs> they, they beat the Steelers in the playoff game. The Steelers have been playing the same zone defense against the Patriots for close to 20 years. So I would say, yeah, they, they should probably change it up. And I think, I think they will with Joe Hayden. And Josh, to answer your question about why they would do it, like the NFL is ruthless. You know, we we talked about this a little bit off air. You know, but like it's a ruthless league, right? You you're thirty, you're making a lot of money. The team doesn't think they're going anywhere. They they don't want to pay you anymore. You're gone. 
I get it. I get it. Because in the NFL, if you cut a guy, you don't have to pay him. It's not like the other four team sports. I get that. But I mean, if he's as good as people think he is, you would think they would have been able to get something for him in a trade rather than get nothing for him at all. That's that's what I was shocked at. You know, like they they should have they should have tried to get anything for him. Any draft pick. Yeah. But maybe other teams weren't interested in his contract either. I don't know. Yeah, could be. So one team that sort of had uh, its coming out party last year, if you will, uh, are the Oakland Raiders because Derek Carr had an amazing season until he got injured, and now they've added Marshawn Lynch. So what's what's the prognosis for the Raiders for this year? I don't love them, uh, to be honest. I like Derek Carr as a young quarterback, uh, but I, I, I do think they got fortunate. He was much better in the fourth quarter than he was in the other three quarters, and to me that's somewhat fluky. Um, and it, it caused him to win a lot of games. Marshawn Lynch, the last time we saw him, he was looking old, much older and much slower. Now, maybe he's, he's come back and, uh, you know, after a year off and he'll come back rejuvenated, but I'm just not sure. You have the whole issue with them leaving the city of Oakland. I think that's, uh, that could play into things. Remember what happened with the Cleveland Browns all those years ago when they were leaving for Baltimore, their last season under, under Bill Belichick. And, um, the defense is really just okay. Khalil Mack's a, a tremendous player, but uh, aside from that, they don't have too many playmakers on defense. I think the Raiders are an, a very average team. I think they have a. I think they have their defense is highly overrated. And like I said before, they won so many close games last year. You can't have this lady luck on your side, like you said. You know, you can't play three quarters out of four every game like poorly and then just play well in the fourth quarter and expect to win. And they did last year, but that's luck. But it's like, it it has to run out, you know, like there's eventually it's going to catch up to you. Like, I don't think the Raiders are a bad team, but I just don't think they're 12 and four, you know? I agree. I think that to me, they're uh, a nine and seven, eight and eight style team. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So here's a, I think a little known stat that uh, I'm not sure if the listeners are aware of, or even you guys are aware of, but In 14 of the past 15 NFL seasons, there's been at least one team that's finished last in their division one season and finished first in their division the very next season. The only time it didn't happen was in 2014. So of the eight teams who finished last in their respective divisions in 2016, which one is going to finish first in 2017? Yes, uh, that actually is a crazy stat, especially when you consider uh, you you have some teams, you, you know, the, the Colts won so many years in a row and the Patriots won so many years in a row, right? Their their division that it's it's really within only a couple of divisions that uh, that that the division winners keep going from last to first year to year, which is pretty crazy. Um, I, I mean, to me, there are only two options, right? Because you look at some of the teams that finished in last last year, you've got the. J- you got the Jets. They're not finishing first. The Browns aren't finishing first, right? The uh, the 49ers aren't finishing first. I think your, your two choices here are, are the Panthers and the Eagles. And to me, and I, I spoke about them a little bit before when you asked me about them, Skip, I, I, I think the answer here to me is the Eagles. I think they're uh, just a solid team. As you said before, their defense is solid. Their offense, when Lane Johnson was uh, was playing, was very good last year. Carson Wentz has another year of development. We've got Alshon Jeffrey, and uh, I think the Eagles are a very solid team. But it wouldn't shock me if the Panthers went uh, went worst to first as well. I agree with Neil 100%. Everything he says. There's only two choices to your question, Josh, and it's the Eagles and the Panthers. And it's just by process of elimination, right? Niners suck. Bears suck. Browns, forget that. NFC, AFC East, it's the Patriots, right? There's no one dethroning them. So um, I think... Yeah, I think the Eagles could win the division. And I do think, I actually think the Panthers are going to win the division. I think, what do you think of Christian McCaffrey? 
I like McCaffrey. And I think Kelvin Benjamin is going to have a good season uh, this year, too. And I think with McCaffrey, I think uh, Jonathan Stewart might have a, a good season as well with, with fresher legs. So, yeah, the, the Panthers, I think, are going to be much better, obviously, than they were last year. Yeah, I think they're going to be angry. You know, like they, they, they had a, such a magical season two years ago. And then, I like you said, like they got killed in the Super Bowl and then they kind of never recovered. They, they suffered the hangover, right? And I For think sure. they're going to come out. I think they're going to come out with a big chip on their shoulder this year uh, waiting to prove something, you know? Okay, so the right answer is the Carolina Panthers, and I'll tell you why. <laughs> first, first of all, they play in a very weak division, in my opinion. Number one, I don't number think, two. I think it's the most competitive division in the league. Any one fine. of those teams could that's win the division. That's your opinion. You're entitled. And then the second reason is I told you after the Super Bowl last year that the Falcons weren't even going to make the playoffs, so they're not even a factor. And um, Cam Newton, speaking of people with a chip on their shoulder, Cam Newton wants to prove that two seasons ago was not a fluke, and he's going to have, I think he's going to have an excellent comeback year, comeback yep. season, and yep. Carolina's going to win their division. Nice. But it, so, I, mean, I don't see a problem with that at all, Cub. I think that's uh, that that's definitely a decent take, to be quite honest. I can yeah, see it. for sure. But it's not a weak division. It's incredibly competitive. All like, may, maybe it's not. Maybe none of those teams are great. But but all those teams are good. Yeah, any of those four could win the division. And actually, I think well, well that's, that's I, I think what there's going to be three playoff teams from that division. Okay, well, mm-hmm. see that you said any one of those four can win the division, and that's kind of what I meant in the sense that if you look back at the history of that division, I think they have a different winner every year. It's yeah, they not do. like it's not like the NFC North where it's Green Bay all the time, or or it's not like the AFC East where it's New England all the time, or the AFC North where it's Pittsburgh all this time to- all the time. That division seems to have a different winner every year. Yeah, they do. Yeah. Yep. So yep. anyway. Um, Neil, want to get all your other uh, division picks? So let's just go. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna rapid fire here. We're gonna go division by division. You're gonna tell me who's gonna win it, and then Skip will do the same with you. So uh, let's start AFC AFC East. Patriots. Skip. Patriots. A- AFC North. Steelers. Steelers. AFC South. I like the Texans. Tennessee Titans. But can we talk about the Texans for a second? Sure. <laughs> It's supposed to be rapid fire, but okay. Well, how do you feel about Deshaun Watson? Like, he's not even going to start, right? Yeah, I was going to say, I don't think he's going to play. I think it's really going to be Savage, a quarterback. But you look, they won the division last year, right? And J.J. Watt's coming back. Uh, I think their running game's good enough. Um, you know, I think Hopkins, DeAndre Hopkins, is going to have a good year at receiver. And it's just that, to me, that's a bad division. And I think the okay. Texans are really the class of the division. AFC West. Broncos. I'm going to still take the Raiders. NFC East. I like the Eagles. Eagles. Fly, Eagles, fly. NFC North. Packers. Packers. NFC South. I actually like the Panthers. Oh, my God. <laughs> Carolina Panthers. I'll go with you there. there. You yeah. And finally, the NFC West. I like the Seahawks. The Seahawks also. Okay, so. Wildcard teams? Well, actually, my next question for you, Neil, was going to be, um, who are some surprise Super Bowl contenders that you that are really not on the radar? Uh, you know, I hate to keep going back to the same team, but I, I, I think the Eagles certainly are one. Uh, I, th- I think they're actually a Super Bowl contender. I think they're going to be a division winner. Um, one team that I like to make the playoffs, and as, uh, as Skip said earlier, they're so- sort of everyone's darling, uh, is Tampa Bay. I think they're a fairly solid team. Winston's going uh, to grow a little bit. I like what they've done with their receiving core. Uh, I think Tampa Bay's got a shot. And uh, another team that uh, 
that Skip mentioned as a division winner, but I like them as a wildcard team to make the playoffs and maybe make some noise, is the Tennessee Titans, who I, I really like Mariota at quarterback. Um, they've got some pretty good offensive skill players, and uh, you know their defense is, is, is fairly solid. So I think that's another team that can make some noise. Other than that, yeah, it's really the usual suspects, right? Yeah, I mean, it's still Seattle and the Patriots and the Steelers, I think, are the big powerhouses, and everybody else is kind of chasing them, right? Right. Yeah. It looks like Tennessee and Tampa Bay are, are mirroring each other. You know, they both drafted quarterbacks the same year and, and both quarterbacks are developing. It seems to be at the same at the same rate. And uh, those two teams could be headed for a collision course uh, to meet in the Super Bowl. Maybe not this year, but one day. Well, they're both trending, right? They were both lousy. They got a little bit better. The quarterbacks, Mariota kind of burst on the scene and Winston was a little, took a little longer to develop maybe. And then last year, Winston really like took a major step forward. Mariota continued to grow and the both teams, you know, had winning records last year. And yeah, I, I really like Tennessee. I like, I like the way they're going. I'm a little bit worried about Tampa that I think there's a lot of expectations, you know, on their, on them. And I'm like that division so competitive that I think it's going to be tough. Whereas Tennessee kind of their division is so bad that I think they're going to ha- maybe have a bit of a easier time to continue winning. By the way, and if we w- really want to go off the board for a team that might be competitive, uh, I kind of like the Jaguars this year to be better than they have been. Uh, I think their defense well, is, is quite strong. Um, offensively, Bortles is still quite a bit of a problem at quarterback, and they're certainly not going to go, you know, they're, they're not making a Super Bowl run with Bortles, but I could see them being competitive in that in that weak division. The Colts are terrible, by the way. They're terrible. You can't go as many years as they have been with so many high draft picks. Like, like their defense is all, like, crazy high draft picks, right? The whole defense. Yep. and. And it's incredible that they're still so bad last year. So I think there's only um, look there were three and thirteen. So there's only one way to go, right? It's like, but can they get to eight and eight? I don't know. So Neil, who's uh, which two teams are going to meet in the Super Bowl, and which one's going to win? Yeah, so I'm. I mean, I guess it's sort of boring, but uh, I'm I'm liking Patriots over Seahawks uh, in the Super Bowl rematch of a great. Super Bowl matchup from a couple of years ago, but I, I think the Pats are, you know, were the class of the league last year and they've only gotten stronger and uh, Seattle, I, I really like this Richardson pickup and I, I like what they've done with their running game in the off season. And I think, uh, I think those two teams are on a collision course. And skip. I like Pittsburgh over Seattle. Okay. I think that Joe Hayden was huge. I agree with that actually. Yeah. All right. So, Neil, how can people uh, get in touch with you or uh, read about your fantasy football picks uh, on a weekly basis during the season? Absolutely. So I I, I write for a website called fantasyassembly.com. Every week I make football picks uh, based on DraftKings salaries. So if you're you're into daily fantasy sports, check me out on fantasyassembly.com. I also do golf picks if uh, if you're into that. And you can follow me on Twitter, at assemblyneil. Uh, And, you know, ever have any questions, feel free to, uh, to hit me up. I'm always responsive. All right. Well, we really appreciate you coming on the show and you certainly add a lot of uh, facts and uh, stats and, um, you know, numbers and metrics. And we, we love to hear all that stuff. So thanks for, for being on the show again. And um, maybe we'll have you on. Well, we'll definitely have you on again, either uh, prior to the Super Bowl or maybe prior to the playoffs uh, altogether. We'll wait and see for that. Anytime, guys. Always happy to chat. So, Skip, isn't it great having Neil on the show like this? I mean, he brings so much insight. It's fantastic. I love it. The thing is, 
it's scary having him on the show because like we consider ourselves like knowledgeable. I know, but he he makes us he makes us look dumb. You know, when he starts talking about I don't even know what he was talking about that ratings like the D, the DVR the DVM. Uh, uh, it's it's too much, you know. But like I told you, when when we were in Cooperstown, he we were sitting next to him for that whole afternoon, right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. you were you went to get food, and then I was like, I had a whole chat with him about the NFL. And as soon as we start talking about the NFL, I'm like, uh oh, you're out of your league. I'm out of my league, and. And that never that doesn't happen. Like when I talk about sports, I'm not out of my league. I feel like I could talk to anybody about sports, pretty much anything, and 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 I'm always the biggest expert in the room. But not with him when it comes to this, right? Right. <laughs> yeah. So uh, before we sign off, I just want to remind everybody that uh, you can listen and subscribe to new and archived episodes of the Skip and Josh podcast wherever you listen to podcasts, including Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and Google Play. Or, uh, you know, the podcast app of your choice. You know, for example, I use a great app that I like called Overcast. Um, And if you do listen to the show on Apple Podcasts, please leave us a review. We would also love to hear from you via email, skipandjoshshow at gmail.com, via Twitter, at skipandjosh, or by liking and following our Facebook page, um, where you can also leave a review now on our show. Uh, As always, you can get all the links that I just mentioned on our website at skipandjosh.com. Great. Talk to you soon. Okay. Bye. The Skip and Josh podcast is over now. Don't worry. There'll be another episode soon.